You set up a new family, a new home. It doesn't mean you don't love and care for your parents. And happy day when you go along and say, Dad, what do you think? I've got a, I've got a decision to make. What do you think? My, that's an honoring of your parent by asking for their input and guidance. But parents, let us not be too hasty and say, well, i got to jump in here and sort this one out. When we become parents of married children, the role changes remarkably. We still pray for our children. We want to be a blessing to them, encourage them. And happy day when they come and say, look, we need some guidance to sort something out. What do you think we should do? Welcome again to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gallagher, and I hope that you are encouraged in your own heart today, and that through our program that you will be blessed, stirred up in heart to serve the Lord and walk with Him. There's nothing like fellowship with the Lord. Praise God, it's possible for the child of God to know real personal fellowship with the Lord Jesus. Our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Today in the program, we continue to look at the issue of honoring parents. And this is the commandment of God and the whole basis of society. And I hope that today we will learn these things and take them to heart. We also have Amanda Reed to sing again, Don't Go Away Without Jesus. Well, that's a, a good appeal in any situation, certainly in church. Don't go away without Jesus. Now we turn to Romans and to the issue of today. What have men done with the light of creation, known as general revelation, verse 21, that because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God? And this really is the answer. They did not give him the glory that was due to his name. They turned to other ways. They were not thankful and therefore did not worship God with all their hearts because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. And then we also read that they did not retain the knowledge of God in their hearts. They did not approve of God. The word retain comes from testing metal. When bad metal is found, it's thrown away as worthless. And men have done likewise with God. They've considered him. They've looked at some of the evidence, and they considered him, but rejected him as worthless. And that's a tragedy. When men look at the evidence for the God of heaven, the created world around them, they hear the witness of the Lord in their own conscience, and perhaps they even are introduced to the doctrines of the divine character of God. And yet they say, there's nothing here for me. Throw it away. And that is the ungodly, wicked response of men to the character of God. Next question is, what is the self-inflicted result of men rejecting the light of God? 
Well, the Bible tells us here that they became idolaters, became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. What a, what a tragedy when men turn away from God, rejecting him as the way, as the truth, the life, then they become play for all manner of evil, become idolaters, they become vain in their own imaginations, and they follow empty, useless, self-made deities. They consign themselves to spiritual darkness, and they turn their wisdom or their faculties to pursue man-made satisfaction and happiness, which results in missing the mark of serving God and end up serving the flesh. And then verse 23 says, They turned to worship of tangible and visible corruptible things. It says here right in Romans 1.23, And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Isn't it a tragedy that in this age of so-called enlightenment that there are millions of people that resort to the worship of things that have eyes but cannot see, things that cannot move, things that have no power within them, and yet that men make their God while rejecting the creator, the, the life giver of all life. This is the tragedy of men rejecting the knowledge of God. And so I appeal to you today to turn to the Lord and give him your heart. You need to be saved. You need to be made a Christian. You need to give up all the vanities and realize that God alone is to be worshipped through his Son, whom he has given as the mediator, the one way to the Father. And if you call upon him today, he will save you. He will bring you to the cross. Thank you for listening in thus far. Stay tuned with us now as we go now to Amanda Reed singing, Don't Go Away Without Jesus. When trials and troubles surround you, the road seems eternally
Now come to the practical point, how are children to learn to honor parents? Well, it's the duty of parents to foster this. Uh, we see that in Ephesians 6 in those verses that we looked at. But I want you to know that this was the example that the Lord Jesus set. You remember when he was a boy, when he was 12 years old, and he was in the, the temple, he was discussing with the learned the things of God, and his mother and father lost him. Well, his earthly father, Joseph, his adopted father, not his biological father, but he was his father figure. And he lost the Lord Jesus for a time, and they went searching and found him in the temple. And he explained, wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? It wasn't his adopted father. It was his heavenly father. And the Lord Jesus saw this, this connection, but uh, he didn't disobey his earthly parents. We read in that story that he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. So, boys and girls, if you want to be like the Lord Jesus— if you are praying to be Christ-like, here's how it begins. In the home, in your company of your parents, you will be subject unto them. Dad, what do you want me to do? Did you ever ask that? Let me say that, that, that breeds a blessed home. Dad, what do you want me to do? How can I help you? And a father who will encourage that sense of involvement and responsibility, even when they feel. Encourage them to try, even when they feel, and be that father figure that fosters that participation and that obedience to parents. Now, father and mother need to be united. And I noticed back in Exodus 20:12, where you have this commandment that it is to honor thy father and mother— and so father and mother need to be on the same page. One of the greatest struggles that a young person can have is when dad says one thing and mom says the opposite, or vice versa. And then children begin to play the game. Well, I wonder what mom would say, and I wonder what dad would say, and they choose which one would suit them best. And there now becomes a divide in the home, and it can harm marriages— it can bring grief and strife to a home. So mom and dad need to be on the same page. They need to have the same values, the same rules and plans. And again, don't become buddies with your children. I'm speaking now of little children. Your son or daughter, your little child, is not your buddy. And you don't say, well, what would you like, dear? How would you have it, dear? You are not a servant to your child. You are a parent, and you are being given the God-given responsibility to train, to teach, to lead. And there is that 
relationship that needs to be developed that keeps a profitable, wise margin between loving unconditionally and spoiling them to death. It's that spoiling children to death, giving them their own way every time that means you're failing. And your child is not being helped, but is being ruined. Our Shorter Catechism, question 64, outlines this relationship position that a parent's to take. And it says, The fifth commandment requireth the preserving the honor and performing the duties belonging to everyone in their several places and relations as superiors, inferiors, or equals. In other words, you keep a line which we would call a generational line. Mom and Dad, you're not my brother or sister. Son and daughter, you're not my equal in the home. You have a role as a son to honor, not to dishonor. Young Timothy, that helper of the Apostle Paul, he learned from an early age, and it says in 2 Timothy 3 that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect. And you can see that if you're going to raise your child to be mature, to be wise, to be godly, well, there has to be the teaching, the instruction, and the admonition. In other words, the warning, that's not right, that's not good, that's not the way to go. You better not do that. I don't allow that in this home. Those are the standards that the parent must take. So how long do you call your children? How do you call your children to honor parents? These are the practical implications. Now, as you bring, as you teach your child at home the Bible and the authority of the Bible, as Timothy was taught, that it's inspired, this is God's Word. And when I open the Bible at home, there's going to be a few minutes of silence and listening responding to God's voice in the book as the father or mother reads it. That's a training session every day in the home. And then when you bring your children to church, and now it's a Sunday school teacher that's doing it, there's going to be the same respect. It's God's Word. I've got to listen. Coming into the sanctuary of the church, the Bible's being read. It's God's Word. There's a, there's a, a relationship that's growing, consistent, and that is godly. So there's the how. Now come to the how long. How long are children to obey their parents? Well, it says that thy days may be long in the land, all your days. There's never a time when your dad ceases to be your dad, and your mom ceases to be your mom. There is that natural bond between parents and children. That will never end in this world. From the cradle to the grave, there's to be this honoring, recognizing as the God-given instrument of my blessing. 
is the mother and father that God has given me in my life. And that ought never to be broken. But sometimes it is. Sometimes it's broken by distance. I'm 5,000 miles away from my mother, Beulah likewise from her parents. But if she walked through that door right now, and I don't think she's going to do that. She's 82 years old now. And just recently had a hip surgery for hip replacement. So her ability to travel is, is just rather little. But if she walked through that door there, she's my mom. And we've had some issues on understanding what the Bible teaches. But she's my mom. And if Beulah's mom and dad walked through that door, there are parents. There are parents. Sometimes there can be disputes between fathers and mothers and children. Some of them are over things of no consequence. However, being human, we have different viewpoints on some things. There are other things that are the difference between heaven and hell. And I'm not going to agree with my parent because they have a doctrine that will either take them or someone else to hell. I'm not going to agree with them. But I'll pray for them. I'll seek to guide them. I long that God brings them into the light and delivers them from that evil. But I won't be party to promoting error. And then, of course, sin divides. That just absolute ugliness of sin can divide children from parents. But how long are we to honor our parents? Well, certainly while children are under a parent's roof. There are things that no godly parent is going to tolerate in the home. There are things that you will never agree to or allow while it is under your watch care and your very observation using your electricity, you, the comfort, the security of your home to promote a sinful, wicked agenda. No godly parent will do that. You would be failing miserably to tolerate and encourage. You become party to the sin. And so while under our roof, children, obey your parents. Honor them and follow them as guides. Also, until marriage, we, we know the leave and cleave policy of the Apostle Paul. For this reason shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. That's biblical. And when you get married, your relationship with your father and mother becomes a little removed because your wife or your husband becomes first. You set up a new family, a new home, it doesn't mean you don't love and care for your parents. And happy day when you go along and say, Dad, what do you think? I've got a, I've got a decision to make. What do you think? My, that's an honoring of your parent by asking for their input and guidance. But parents, let us not be too hasty and say, well, I've got to jump in here and sort this one out. When we become parents of married children, the role changes remarkably. We still pray for our children. 
We want to be a blessing to them, encourage them. And happy day when they come and say, look, we need some guidance to sort something out. What do you think we should do? That's being there for them. And it's the leave and cleave possible uh, position. Then, of course, while parents are alive and in need of care, we're to honor our parents. The care of parents should be natural. We want to be there for them, if possible. When they lose faculties and ability to cope with life, as age will do to us, then it is the commandment right here, Exodus 20, verse 12, Obey your parents, honor your parents. And as you care for your aging, needy parents, God will bless you for that. You remember how the Lord Jesus, when he was on the cross and he was dying, he called on John and he said, John, behold thy mother. And he said, Mother, behold thy son. He placed his mother into the care of John where the other siblings were, we don't know at that point. But you see that it's godly and it's right that parents are cared for. If I may borrow again a leaf from the missionary life of John G. Patton on the New Hebrides Islands, on the island of Tana, do you know what happened to parents in the pagan days of those people? When a parent grew old and unable to cope and sickly, they just shut them up to die. Just cut them off and shut them up to die. No such thing as a pension. No such thing as help. We're just left to die. Christianity is what calls upon men to be responsible for their parents all their days, that they may be helped. There's the story of the elderly father within a family and when it came to mealtime, the elderly father was not allowed to eat at the table. He was put in the corner, and he was given a little wooden bowl and a, an amount of food to live on. Every time the family ate, he was in the corner with his wooden bowl. One day, the father was out in the backyard or walking around the property, and he saw his son in the woodshed, and he was working with wood. And he said to his little boy, what are you doing? And he said, Dad, I, I'm making a wooden bowl for you when you grow old. Boy, that was a lesson right between the eyes, wasn't it? As we do to our parents, if society goes that way, that's how we will be dealt with one day, too. It's wrong to forget and neglect our parents. Now, I know I'm, I'm wrapping up here, and I've got a, a couple of minutes left, but I want to explain something. Did you ever hear the word Corban? The Pharisees pled the word Corban. Uh, if you read this sometime in Mark chapter 7, you will see there was a controversy between the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus said, you're neglecting to keep God's law because you're using the word Corban. What? What they were saying, Corban meant a gift. And they were really expropriating the, the property belonging to parents, saying it's a gift to God. It's for religion. Therefore, it cannot be used to support parents. They were seeking a way out 
to escape the responsibility of caring for parents, and thereby they were making the law of God of none effect, pleading Corbin. It all came down to money, property, and personal responsibility. And those are the very things that often cause conflicts between in families caring for parents. Who's going to pay for this? Who's going to give their time? Who's going to take on the responsibility? And if you're pleading carbon, saying, well, you know, it's a gift. I'm doing other things with it. You're just seeking a way out of responsibility. That's the very clear teaching here in the Bible. And so our gospel starts in the home. When we are born again, saved by grace, when we say that we are now living for God and we're seeking to be obedient to His Word, our gospel begins at home. We preach God's Word at home, and we live it at home. And parents will pour their lives into their children for their good, to train them for God. And children will spend their lives seeking to honor their parents. Now, if you're like me, 5,000 miles away, it might cut down those practical opportunities. But there's ways and means. And there are those opportunities that do come our way. Why? That thy days might be long on the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. How shall we claim this promise? How shall we claim the promise? That thy days may be long upon the land for God's blessing. Let me tell you this. If you are breaking the fifth commandment, you're going nowhere, either in your family, in your own heart, or in your relationship with God. You're going nowhere. But further and further downward, it begins at home. And if you tell me you're a Christian, that you're born again by the Spirit, the first thing you'll do is make it right within your home. That's where repentance will begin and where your new obedience will begin, honoring parents. And parents, sometimes we do things that grieve our children, and we need to make that right. We need to do all we can to keep that bond, not for our own comfort, but for God, and that He may be glorified in it. Pray for grace to walk Christ-like. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. Call me, please, at 604-897-2040. For all the details of our broadcasts across Canada, go to ltbs.ca. This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 18790 58th Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. Our website is cloverdealfpc.ca and there you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons, a gospel booklet called A New Beginning and a link to watch our services online. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services 
at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of his precious word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day at 9.30 a.m. from September to June. You can contact us at 604-567-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdalefpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please visit our website at cloverdalefpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will bring you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. This is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today. And be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our one-hour church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of His Word.